0: Canaan's in the building. The show goes on all night. So, the morning we dream so long. Anybody ever wonder when they would see the sun? Just remember when the camera alright.
1: And welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Always Pressing pga dfs podcast after a week off we are back to preview the 2019 wells fargo championship in charlotte north carolina the quail hollow national golf club in order to break it down as always my co-host on twitter at dfs golf guys jesse how we doing
0: man doing well dude uh finally a little bit of spring weather around here i know everybody like tunes in this podcast to figure out what the weather is like around kentucky so been able to play some golf recently which is nice to get out of the house um good week off uh, you know, kind of mid season, uh, to get a week off there from, uh, from DFS, even though I of course played Euro and failed at that as well. But, uh, how are you? I'm good.
1: I'm good. I'm just like you. I kind of just tuned out for golf. I'm doing baseball like crazy. So it was nice to have a little breather from the golf world, but it's good to have it back. Uh, I, I bet come Wednesday or Thursday, it'll be really good to have it back. Still kind of not feeling the full, Hey, we got golf to do, even though the Wells Fargo is a pretty damn good tournament, but, uh, yeah, really, yeah, good. Weather's been good in California, living the dream, um, golfing year-round like usual, and um, yeah, th- things are good, but uh, like I said, we got the, we got the Quil- uh, Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow to chat it up. Um, we left off with the RBC Heritage, CT Pan won his first career tournament, we saw him almost win one last year, he got it done, he held on, he played a great Sunday and then held off, or finished strong, I guess, because one of the last ones to finish, but he wins it at 12-under. Kuchar does it again. He loves that course. Just keep that in mind for the future. 11-under uh, for Kuchar. And the DJ, huge Saturday it's, uh, in the lead, and then just stumbles on Sunday. He just he fell apart big time. He started pressing, and it got ugly. I finally got to watch some golf on that Sunday, and it was brutal. But uh, that was two weeks ago. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that, Jesse? If not, it really doesn't matter because no one cares <laughs> more about the RBC Heritage.
0: I didn't get to watch. That was Easter Sunday, right? I, was, yes. I think I was on the road uh, pretty much all day traveling to see family. But, yeah, dude, that, that DJ collapse was wild. I I had one lineup, which was 6-6, six to six, and, and that was, like, the lineup that I had to, like, make a little bit of headway. And, of course, it had DJ in it. And I don't know, man. That was an odd back nine for me. I, like, I opened up Shot Tracker, and he had, like five bogeys in a row with a couple doubles thrown in there. It's weird. Um, but, man, he's weird in the in the lead. You would think he would just smash that. Right? I mean, he's in the lead. I think he dominates? He's, he, he's by far the best golfer in the field. But that's golf, dude. That's how f- wild golf can be. And then C.T. Pan comes out of nowhere. I mean, he hadn't really been playing that great, but man, again, like another unknown, or when I say unknown, obviously C.T. is known to the DFS world, but to the to your normal golf fan, probably doesn't know CT Pan. That's a that's quite a few this year that we've had of guys like that are first-time winners.
1: Yeah, it's been fun. We talked about it for the last few years, about all the young, really good golfers out there. So it's good to see CT do it. Um, and it goes to the narrative you see all over the the Twitterverse coming into that tournament that there's always some Asians near the top of the leaderboard at the Heritage. And sure enough, CT Pan takes it down. Um, so, yeah, interesting week, fun week. I had a 6-6 six six that – Looked great going into the weekend, and I think they combined to go 14 over on Sunday, and that included DJ. Just it was just an absolute joke, and they it men cashed. I was very furious on that one. Yeah, but something um, happened to me. Yeah, very very brutal. Everyone just shit the bed. But we move on. We move on to the Wells Fargo Champs to begin at Quail Hollow. Really really great golf course. Really great event. Uh, why don't you give us some past event history?
0: Yeah. So last year, it's uh, so been played at Quail Hollow for a while. Um, except for 2017. I'll get there in just a second. But Jason Day was your winner last year. Uh, shot 12 under, two shots over Nick Watney and Aaron Wise. Um, 2017 champion was Brian Harmon, but they had, they moved the golf tournament to a different course there in North Carolina. I can't remember exactly where it was um, because they had the PGA championship at Quell Hollow that year. Um, and Justin Thomas was your winner, eight under par, two shots over. Franny, Louie, and Patrick Reed. Um, so before 2017, kind of throw that out in your stats if you're looking at that winner. But uh, James Hahn, kind of a weird winner over Roberto Castro, of all people, in a playoff nine under uh, in 2016. Rory's won this tournament twice. J.B. Holmes is a past winner here. Um, Lucas Glover, past past champion of the Wells Fargo. Um, and. Anthony Kim,
1: ooh, AK. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, aside which guys, apparently he's never. He's not. He's never coming back.
1: I was about to say. Did you see the report? You know, the yeah. guy from with Golf Week or whatever saw him in L.A. and he says his golf game is non-existent. Yeah. But there's like two caveats to that little brief article. A, he's not golfing, or B, he has his insurance claim from his injury, or he can't like golf for like X amount of years because he's still injured or something. So he has to say he's not golfing. There's two ways to look well, at it.
0: I think he can play. I just don't think he can play professionally like you can't return yeah. to so yeah dude man can you imagine golf right now with anthony kim i know this is it, getting like, way the, off topic but that so probably,
1: there's probably people that play dfs because they love playing dfs and they're, they're degenerates like the rest of us that have no idea who anthony kim is like zero probably, probably. anthony kim was competing with tiger woods back in the yeah. day like dude, this guy was legit
0: but he he was also a good personality like he yeah. wasn't your normal stuffy golfer um he was a good personality. And seem like a, just an overall cool dude. So be he would have fun. To it, he would have
1: fit in with this young crew now.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. He would yeah, have like a blast.
1: A tatted up dude out there on the golf course, tatted up Asian dude. Like, it'd be great. it, great. it good times. <laughs> but um, all right, the good past mid history. Let's talk about the course preview here. Um, we, we screw, I screwed up. We should have had Kevin on to talk about this. As Kevin is a past club uh, a pro at Quill Hall. He still works in the North Carolina area. But um, he passed on some notes. I'll, I'll mention at the very end, brief, brief notes. But it's a par 71 now, 7,554 yard golf course, um, top five toughest course on tour, pretty much year in and year out. It fluctuates in the top five, but pretty much there year in and year out. It is super, super long. It is tree lined where you can get, you're not like, it's not tree lined as much as it's like on top of you. You can miss the fairway and be okay for a little bit, but obviously, if you get in the trees, you're in trouble. Um, the rough right now is overseeded ryegrass, which these guys like to play out of a lot more than what was the Bermuda, the Bermuda rough that was there during the PGA championship. Um, there's all kinds of fun stuff here. There's eight par fours over 450 yards. There's a couple par fours that are drivable, like within 350 to 375 yards. There's, um, some very tricky, uh, par threes, but there's also some par fives that have very decent Eagle scores. It's like, it's all over the board. As long as you're on your game and driving driving distance is like the number one stat that people point to. Accuracy, driving distance, that kind of deal is very, very popular. There's bunkers around every green. So you have to have a very good, good short game because if you aren't driving it perfectly and you're relying more on, say, long iron play and you're not accurate with that, there's a ton of around the green play involved between the bunkers, between just getting up and down like when uh, Jason Day did his thing. He was getting up and down beautifully all over the place. And that's one thing that saved him a lot. He's also making crazy putts. These greens are Bermuda greens. They're overseeded this time of year. So a little more friendly than what you saw at the PGA, but they're still extremely fast. Some of the faster ones on tour. So some guys love it because they roll kind of fast and pure. Other guys don't like the speed, obviously. So pick your poison there. It's just a super challenging course. Usually – the cream rises to the top here, as you, you mentioned, like the guys that won during those years, they were some of the better, even J.B. Holmes was one of the top golfers at that time on tour, but like Rory, J J day, like you mentioned. And and if it's not just, you know, the cream of the crop, it's bombers, 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 bombers dominate this golf course, do very, very well at this golf course. So that's something to think about. And I will mention Kevin. I, I gave him a joke. He said, if you have any questions about quail, um, Ask away. So go to at Kevin's delight on Twitter. He'll answer all. He knows quail better than anybody uh, on Twitter that'll respond to you. But his brief course preview, it's a big, beautiful ballpark, difficult par threes, driving accuracy isn't a must, must be a good iron player from 175 plus. He could go on and on. So take it as you wish, but uh, he'll give you all the info you need. It's really good stuff, but uh, it's going to be a challenging course and it should be a ton of fun. Um, what kind of key stats are you looking for if you're targeting quail hollow?
0: Just before we move to that, I've been to this tournament before. I think it was the year James Hahn won. Um, buddy and I went Thursday and Friday, and uh, it's 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 a really like it it rivals. I mean, obviously, nothing is as good as Augusta National, but it, I think I, I really think it rivals Augusta National. Just the look, um, the way it's kept up, and everything. I, I I really was impressed with the golf course whenever I was there. Um, so, with as far as stats go, this week uh, driving distance is is a key. I do believe. Green season regulation, like usual. Um, I mean, with the scores, you can go either way, I think, if you look at uh, birdie or better or bogey avoidance. Um, You know, you may weight them kind of equally. That's kind of how I have my uh, model at this point on Fantasy Labs is basically even just one slight more point to birdie score than over bogey avoidance. Um, And plenty, of course, history, obviously, to look at too. Uh, They've played this golf course a lot. Uh, over the last few years or so or over the last 20 years
1: believe they started in like 93.
0: yeah it's been a long time so plenty of course history stats and uh you yeah, know so that's that's kind of what i'm looking at as far as you know usual greens and regulation but waiting more driving distance and accuracy uh um and then you know like like i said before birdie and and then birdie or bogey about equal and then course history sorry no for that no problem <laughs> I'd uh, I throw,
1: shit. i'd throw in some uh, par five as well there. Uh, that's something I. No, 100%. I um, yes, yeah. I agree. I just think, kind uh, of like everything else you had, I said if I had add anything else, it would be par five on top of that. Just these bombers, they can take advantage of the par fives.
0: That's where Eagles. all the scoring is. Yep. yep. Yeah. And those are the easiest holes on the golf course, which is typical, but, you know, they're all playing under par for the most part, at least uh close to four tenths of a shot. Um, so, and this is, man, it's a really difficult closing stretch to 16, 17, and 18 or, yeah, it's, it's a really, really tough stretch. Uh, 16 is a par four. You've got to hit it downhill. So it's a, it's a left to right dog leg that goes down the hill with the water pretty much surrounded by, I mean, with a, to a green surrounded by water. 17 is a really tough par three and then 18 back up the hill the whole entire way. Par four, it's long. It's the hardest hole in the golf course. Plays four hundred ninety three yards. Par four. It's it's really tough. So it's it's a tough closing stretch. There could be a lot of uh, carnage coming in.
1: I love it. I love it. Uh, let's talk about some fan share before we get into the DraftKings pricing. Guys coming in in good form. Last three events, DraftKings scoring leaders: Rory McIlroy, Kokrak is second, averaging ninety two points per tournament in the last three. Uh, Johnny Vegas ninety one three three. When we get to him and DraftKings pricing. Talk about the price bump this week compared to where we have been playing Johnny Vegas at. But Sam Burns is fourth. You got Ricky Fowler, fifth. Stenson, Hughes, Jones, KH Lee, and Hideki Matsuyama round, round things out there. If you go as far back as six tournaments, a lot of the same names, but Rory still leaves the way. got Rose is second now. Ricky Kokrak, female fifth. Chip McDaniel is sixth. Didn't know where that one came from. But, Don't you uh, remember Sergio we talking Gar- about
0: Chip not too long yeah. ago?
1: We were talking about Chip. Yeah. That's the thing. Uh, Sergio Garcia. Alvaro Ortiz, Johnny Vegas, and Jonathan Birds, a couple different names there to take a peek at. Now, if we look at the last four years of tournaments at this course, so the Wells last year, the PGA in 17, and the two Wells prior to that. So the last four events at this tournament, I know the PGA is a different time of year, but just kind of wanted to keep it all in sync on this course. Jay day is leading the way. Roberto Castro, he has only played one of those four tournaments, take it with a grain of salt. It was that year he said he finished second, so 100 drafting points. Aaron Wise last year with his runner-up finish. Got yeah, Rory, he's he's the, the highest scorer of someone who's played all four events here. Then Phil Nicholson second for guys that played all four events here. When we get to course history, Phil Nicholson is a beast at this course. Uh Chesson Hadley, of all guys, he's averaging 75 draftings points on three of the four tournaments played here. And then Tony Finau, 73.75 in all four events. So some of those guys, it's a good way to kind of see who's really, you know, dominated or played really well in the last you know, three or four years at this actual golf course. And then the last thing I'll do is our normal course history course form guys. Uh, you got Rory McIlroy definitely leading the way on that one. A couple others be Ricky Fowler. Joel Damon is actually really good course history and current form coming in. Um, Sam Burns, another one that stands out with the double green lights on Fanshare. So go check them out over there. Lots of good stuff going on Fanshare.com.
0: Hey, just to, just to, to kind of plug Fanshare again there too, like, one thing that I've started doing is looking at their projected ownership, and then just making a team based off of low owned guys. Dude, I don't know if you've noticed this year, but it has been like a chalk slaughter fest every single week, like week in and week out. Some high on guys missing the cut. So if you're avoiding those guys, and they do a really good job of projecting, you know, I mean you're not gonna, they're not gonna get everything exactly right, but they are projecting down to close within a couple percentage points, you know, you can just basically tell who's going to be low owned. And so going in and popping in a lineup with some just low owned guys, you know, then you're not just dead in the water when you roster Lucas Glover and he fit starts double, double, and your weekend's over a Thursday morning.
1: Yeah, no, they've been crushing it over there as usual. and It's nice because last year was a lot of chalk, lots of chalk last year. Dude, this how different been, is
0: it this year?
1: It's been a bit different, but back to normal a little bit there, Jesse.
0: That's I got get this gray hair up here, dude. I don't know that People on YouTube can probably see it. It's all kinds of gray hairs up there because the chalk continues to get just murdered week in and week out.
1: Yep, fun, fun times. But let's try to see where we can find our, our, our plays we like this week, and then we can pivot off of them based on ownership over there on Fanshares Sports. We'll start off with the 10K and above on DraftKings. Royal Mac- Rory McIlroy, eleven eight. Jason Day, 11,000. Yeah, Ricky Fowler at 10 6, Justin Rose at 10 3, and Hideki Matsuyama back up to 10 1. The pricing, I'll say this much it, it, it's good pricing. It's just much, there's a lot of names that kind of aren't where we're used to seeing them in the last few weeks. Um, after that week off, maybe things change in their algorithm. I don't know. But we'll see it throughout this whole pricing. But Jesse, 10K and above, who do you like him?
0: Um, I mean, obvious, I, I think you make a week in and week out, you make a case for everybody that's high, high on here. I think a couple of things to point out. Rory is $800 more than Jason day. I don't know how popular those two will be. I think Ricky will be the most popular guy above $10,000. Um, now of recent weeks, it feels like most guys above 10 K aren't really getting above 20% or at least above 25% on most weeks. Um, so it's not like super chalk. Uh, we're mostly finding that in the eight, You know, 9K range, sometimes in the high sevens with the super chalk. Um, I will say also, too, that I think Justin Rose is very interesting. So, obviously, coming off the miscut um, at the Masters, absolute just shit show at the Masters. Bogey
1: bogey finish. Thank you, Justin Rose.
0: And I can't one and done him this week, so keep this in mind, people. I cannot one and done him because I had one and done him at the Masters where he missed the cut. Um, So, I cannot jinx him. So I I think that he will be, at least in my mind, he should be the kind of low-owned option up here. He missed the cut in 2017, but he finished third and fifth in sixteen and fourteen at this golf at this tournament. Um seventeen was the year that they played it at a different golf course. So unless that was no, 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 that was the seventeen missed cut was at the PGA championship, excuse me, because that was in August. Um so he missed the cut at the PGA championship. The last time he played this tournament. Or at, at this golf course. Sorry, we're all over the place. <laughs> Third and fifth in his two previous appearances at this golf course. At this time the of the year. EJ, <laughs> yeah, at this time of the year. So um, keep that in mind. I, you know, I don't know if, how much that will be weighted in people's models, whatever, but I feel like he should be the kind of low-owned guy to go to up here, and you're saving $1,500 over Rory. For me, it's either Rory or Justin Rose up here, like, those are the two guys that I love. Ricky, from a stat perspective, I just don't never like playing Ricky. 11000 for fucking Jason Day. I
1: Kill me now. Most people,
0: but the thing is, most people probably say that. And then, you know, I mean, his last two appearances at the Wells Fargo Championship when it's been played here, first and ninth, he finished ninth at the 2017 PGA Championship as well. So, and he's not finished outside, besides the Valspar missed cut, he hasn't finished outside the top 10 since the Tournament of Champions. So, basically all year, he missed one cut. And he's been top tening. He top. I can't. I don't remember him being fifth at the Masters. That's Quiet. wild.
1: He went up the board on the end. Yeah, he quietly, really well.
0: He shot sixty seven on Sunday. I just don't remember him being there. Obviously, Tiger overshadowed everything at the Masters. But, yep. um, so maybe Jason Day. I just talked in myself Jason, in Jason day. day. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't mind shocking yourself into Jason Day because I think he'll be the lowest owned up here. I think, like you said, a lot of people are going to have that narrative of why am I paying 11000 for Jason Day?
0: Yeah, especially with the WD concerns that a lot of people still probably have in their minds. Um, so that's, yeah, that's an interesting take. Uh, I might be wrong about Justin Rose in that his price is so depressed. He might be the highest-owned, actually. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: Ricky's going to be the highest. I think it's all Ricky Fowler. Yeah. At least that's how it usually goes week in and week out. Even when he's not playing well, people just love Ricky Fowler. Like yeah. That seems yeah. to be the play. Um, I think it'll be Ricky. I'm with you on uh, Rory. If you can pay up for it, it's like this. You don't really need a lot of analysis on playing Rory McIlroy. He's literally right. playing lights out golf. Like, literally – it's like one or two strokes around difference from winning the whole damn thing most of the time. Like he's playing that good of golf right now. Um, so, yeah, if you want to get up to Rory, knock yourself out. Zero problem with that at all. I will be intrigued. We are in that Slack chat on Wednesday and we're talking ownerships. I'm really curious to see where day, day lines up because, you know, if, if they're saying like 5% or something, you got to throw him in somewhere because that's just too much leverage on the field. It sucks at 11,000. He's got to basically win the whole damn thing but it's really interesting that kind of leverage because an $11,000 Jason Day, even top 10 in it can get you so much more chalk down below and yeah. you'll be just fine. So it's little, little differences like that. You can almost go five chalk pieces with Jason Day, at like 5% and go crazy. No, that's just guessing. Like we all know for sure. But, um, outside of those two, I love Justin Rose this week. Like you hit everything I was going to say is, you know, that miscut of the masters, my, my scarce people away, T9, T8, previous two events, He's played great. Like you said, a third and a fifth the last two times he's played here. He's made five of seven cuts here. He, he's, a, he's an elite player in this world. And to be priced at 10-3 compared to the rest of the price in there kind of stands out to me a little bit. So maybe it will make him chalky. I still think Ricky's the chalk of the chalk. But uh, maybe Rose is the second chalkiest guy up there. We'll see. But for now, I'm going Justin Rose. I'm going up top. That's my guy. we will be very interesting to see where it all plays out. $9,000 range is very, very interesting. Sergio Garcia. Up to ninety nine hundred, the local boy Webb Simpson at ninety seven, Paul Casey off of another miscut, ninety five hundred dollars. We, we saw how that well that worked at the bar. Uh Tony Finau ninety three, Phil Mickelson course history one hundred one at ninety one hundred dollars, and Gary Woodland at nine thousand. Lots to like per usual in this nine k range. Maybe that's why it's been chalky more often than not. Jesse, what are you looking at here?
0: Yeah, the uh, the range with. Casey Finau, Mickelson. Um, you know, obviously Paul Casey, another just absolute trash bag miscut at the Masters. I don't know what was wrong with him there. Like it, it was one of the most like poor performances I've seen him put in in a long, long time. Couldn't put, couldn't hit a green, which is really odd for him. I mean, he usually's hitting. The greens, majority of the time, at a 70% clip, and he hit 55% of the greens at the Masters and then averaged 31 putts per round, which is absolutely just, I mean, just atrocious. Um, but I'll play him this week at 9,500. I don't know. Like, I would think that ownership would be, you know, kind of suppressed a little bit. He's, he's got pretty good course history around here, especially the last three times he's played the golf course, fifth, 13th at the PGA championship, and 41st back in 2016. Um, So fifth last year kind of stands out there. Uh, Tony, obviously like you talked about with when you're doing the fan share recap, um, you know, he's uh, I don't know. Like I I wasn't really huge on him at the masters and you know, he finished fifth and he's, he's had kind of just a blah year. Um, Maybe that turns it around for him a little bit. He's made the cuts all four appearances at quail hollow. Uh, no better finish than 16th, which was back in 2015. But uh, you know, if he can get the putter going a little bit, he'll be fine. And then, yeah, Phil Mickelson's totally playable, in my opinion. Ninety-one hundred dollars. Um, I don't know how popular he will be. I, I think Tony will be popular, uh, as he usually is. Um, so that might suck some ownership from Paul Casey and and Phil Mickelson. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how that how that kind of range shakes out. But those are the guys for me. I think Webb will be overowned. I feel like every year there's a north carolina narrative uh he had one second place finish in 2015 other than that you know he's finished outside the top 20 um every year since 2013 and yeah i'm just not a huge web guy you know finished fifth at the Masters, 16th at the heritage which is pretty good but i'm just not a huge web dude and sergio at 9900 uh, with his course history no thank you
1: yeah, uh, Webb's a local boy. He's got a house on the course, so you're gonna hear that over and over this week. But yeah, Paul Casey at thirty uh, ninety five hundred bucks, coming off you know three straight good starts here. That miscut. cut, you know, he had that miscut cut a few weeks back. Then goes and wins the Valspar T nine, then misses the cut at the the Masters. This could be another nice low owned option there with Paul Casey. So like that quite a bit. Phenol is always worth a look, especially in a field like this where he's kind of I'm not gonna say he's overlooked, but there's a lot of talent above him that people might gravitate around instead of just focusing on female which seems to be the case where he's usually priced so he's kind of in the right pricing for once if that makes sense um so female i I definitely like him at 93 and then phil Mickelson, like my goodness uh i've mentioned in the course history you look at it he's in 15 of 15 cuts with 10 top tens his last five events including the pga here it's uh, T5, T18, T4, T4, T11. The T18 was a PGA, so T5, T4, T4, T11, last four times here at the Wells Fargo. Like That's pretty damn impressive. You know, it can always be a little sketchy with Phil. We get it, but uh, when, when Phil knows a course, Phil tends to know a course. That's just, you know, look at uh, Pebble, look at things like that. He plays these courses very, very well. So I think Phil at 91 is a very good play. That can be super low-owned. And Then I'll mention Gary Woodland just because – uh, he's made six to seven cuts here. He missed the cut his last time here, but prior to that, T24, T4, and T18. Coming in, you know, not the greatest of forms. He's been like T30 quite a bit, but could be an overlooked guy at 9K in this range that uh, could be a nice, uh, I guess, ownership pivot if you so choose. All right. Let's get into the 8K range. You got Hendrick Stinson at 89, Patty Reed at 88, Kokrak at 87, Sun Jade at 86, Lucas Glover at 85, Chucky three sticks. At 84, Binion at 83. Johnny Vegas is one of those guys that price bump 8200 bucks. Aaron Wise, 81. List, 8,000. And Bradley at 8,000. Where are you looking at in the 8K range, Jesse?
0: This is like the all-terrible putter range, isn't it? Like, yep, pretty much. <laughs> it's like so many bad putters here. Um, I, I think I, I like Coke myself this week. So at 8,700, obviously the form coming in is like really good. 16th, 7th. Second, forty seventh, tenth in his last five starts, and then throw another ninth in there. If you go back to sixth start recently, um, just hitting the ball really well. His course history around here is not great, uh, so that gives me a little bit of caution. Uh, miss cut thirty third, miss cut, miss cut. His last four appearances at this golf course. Uh, the thirty third was at um, was at the PGA Championship. So he's missed the cut the last three years at Quail Hollow when they played the Wells Fargo there. Uh, makes it a little bit sketch. Maybe drive some people off of him. Um, maybe the price drives some people off of him because it's hard to stomach paying eighty seven hundred dollars for Jason Kokrak. Uh, but it'll be interesting to see on on that how it, how his ownership shakes out. I'll play him. I don't really care. Um, Lucas Glover, another guy, terrible putter. He'll start double double. Weekend will be over really quick. Uh, but I'll play him at eighty five hundred just because I. I guess I'm a masochist. I don't know. Um, he, <laughs> he's he been really odd this year, right? So, like, if he's not missing the cut, he's, like, top 15-ing. That's, it's like, it's the oddest thing I've ever seen. Miscut the Heritage 14th, 13th. Miscut the Players 10th, 4th, 7th. Miscut at Phoenix 12th, 7th, 14th. Sounds like That's a all GPP he does. Play. Sounds like a GPP play to me. I mean, fuck, dude. Like... He's either missing the cut or he is top 15-ing. I mean, now people give him shit all the time on Twitter because um, he's always popular. I mean, he was twenty four percent owned on average at the Heritage, and he missed the cut, uh, which I hope drives some people off of him. I hope they're jaded. Um, so those are the two really plays for me in this range. I think Ben on Vegas and Wise that range is. I mean, the more I think about Ben on putting on these greens, the less I want to play him. Now he has made <laughs> he has made the cut the last two times at this golf course 63rd last year and the 28th at the PGA championship in August. So you'll take that for what you will. Vegas is playing good golf, but he's never really had any success around this track. Uh, he did finish 42nd here last year. Um, so I don't know how much I can play him at $8,200. I mean like this range, like is like the ultimate tilt range, isn't it? Yep. Yep.
1: Yes, it is. Um uh, you mentioned Kokrak. I I'm a fan of that as well. just ride that hot streak in there. He's been so close lately. T sixteen or better in four of his last five. Um, not the best course history here, as you mentioned. Well, but we can't
0: we can't jump off of him at this point.
1: No, you gotta ride a train out. We've got to we got to get a few tilted missed cuts before we say goodbye. Um, <laughs> so that that's just part for the course. So Cokerack at eighty seven is definitely in play. I think Chucky three six is interesting from just a how he's playing perspective made 11 of 15 career cuts here t21 here last year coming off a miscut at the masters so a very interesting look or that at the rbc, heritage. I mean, the RBC heritage. Yeah. it was at the yeah. Heritage. heritage yeah he made the cut the masters finished 32nd yeah. yeah yeah i got it now but um i think he's an interesting player at least for cash games at 8400 uh johnny vegas luke list like you said so tilting GVP i have no problem rolling the dice with them because vegas is coming in in pretty good form and uh, he's a bomber. If he gets it going, he can play well here, but he just never has. So it's really interesting. And then there's Luke list. who's always that guy. If he can ever figure out a putt we will contend, but he T nine here last year, the one guy I did not mention. So for me right now, it's Kokrak and CH three. I must really hate myself because of what he's done to me recently, but Patrick Reed six of six made cuts here, including in eighth place last year. Um, you know, he had that brutal, brutal miscut. He's coming back at twenty four at the Masters and a T thirty-six. Um, not playing the greatest of golf, but maybe that week off is what Pat needed. He's played so much freaking golf. Um, I think he's gonna be super low on like he usually is. The course history is great. He's eighty eight hundred bucks. I think goes extremely overlooked here. And I wouldn't be shocked if you know you get like a T twenty with T ten upside with Patty Reed. Um it's interesting, it's risky. rack and uh, CH3 might be quote unquote safer plays, but Patty Reed and 88 has my attention.
0: Let's if you back. could combine Reed's course history with Kokrak's current form, and they're like, obviously right there together, 8,800 and 8,700, you'd have like the ideal golfer because Patrick Reed's course history is is really good. Mm-hmm. Kokrak sucks. Patrick Reed's coming in, right. still not playing very good golf, and his form is not good. I don't know what is doing there, but uh, and then Kokrak's obviously playing really good golf. So that's, I mean, that's, you know, uh, Reed's probably the, if you're looking for somebody lower owned um so yeah i'm, I'm with you on that I, I won't play any patrick reed but
1: oh he's tilting trust me he's tilting. No, I I don't, I, that's it. why i don't i don't play him
0: i don't like him so yeah. it's just my, my bias coming out but his I, course I, history is really good
1: i think it'd be fun because you can go rose casey and reed in each range and people that pissed people off lately and <laughs> you can see the ownership on those three
0: hey that's not a bad idea actually
1: uh, let's go to the seven K range. Not going to read them off. But, uh, we can just do the whole seven K. Who are you looking at in this seven K range?
0: Yeah, it's starting at the top. JB Holmes. Uh, he's got a good, really good course history. He's made the cut every year since 2011 here, uh, besides t- 2015 and obviously past winter in 2014. Um, odd, you know his. He's so hit and miss, man. I like he's like really one of those guys that I don't ever get right, but I think he's playable, especially for a GPP this week. Uh, Rory Sabatini, man, your boy. Uh, had a really good, really good showing at the Heritage. Um, he was in contention until that seventy three on Sunday. He was one of the interesting uh, players. Yeah, yeah, that's fuck. That's that's rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I mean, I, I think he's, I think he's playable. I think a lot of people, you know, won't be able to stomach the seventy seven hundred dollar price tag there. So. I think he's very interesting. Nick Watney at seventy six hundred. Obviously finished second here last year. His course history is really weird. Um, second, miscut, miscut, tenth, eighth, miscut, twenty second. Going back to twenty ten, there's some he didn't play at this golf course from, is in seventeen or sixteen? But uh, and then two straight miscuts. I mean, you know, at seventy six hundred, it's kind of rough. You mentioned Joel Dalman earlier. Um, I do like him, finished 16th here last year, and he's been coming back into some better form here recently. So I do like him at 7,600. Probably my favorite play in the whole entire region here is Michael Thompson at 7,400. Um, very boomer bust guy. Uh, finished 10th at the Heritage, but then missed the cut at the Valspar, finished 70th at the Players, missed the cut at the API. Uh, but it's just looking at just kind of doing a deep dive into some stats, some like course history stats, he's, he kind of stuck out. Um, He's not really had a whole heck of a lot of success around here. 42nd miscut, 28th, 11th miscut, 64th. He did have obviously 11th place finishes, his best finish since 2011. That was in 2014. But I feel like he's playing better golf at this point than he was last year. So I like him a lot at 74. Uh, Moving down the list, Sam Burns at 7,200. He did make the cut here last year and uh, has made – Quite a few in a row on tour and finished ninth at the Heritage. Um, so his form coming in is pretty good. Last but not least, uh, for me, would be HV3 at uh, $7,000. Another North Carolina boy. Um, he'll be pumped and jacked to play this week. He's made the last two cuts at the Wells Fargo Championship. He is coming off a miscut at the Heritage, though. Um, he's, you know, I mean, he's at 7000 so he could go either way. But uh, I, it, I like him enough to play him at 7000 this week.
1: Yep, always a fan of the HV3. I'm 100% on board with you on JB Holmes at 79. I'm like scary thinking about making him an OAD pick right now. And it, it's really terrifying me to have, to have that much love for JB Holmes, but plays great at this course. He's won here before, as you talked about. Three top 25s, two top 10s, and eight of 12 cuts made. Coming in in okay form, not great form by any means, but JB's all over the board every week. Yeah, and he plays these courses very, very well, these long kind of courses. Uh, Shot maker type courses after he bombing off the tee, that's a JB specialty. So seventy nine hundred bucks for homes. big fan of that. If you want to pivot off of that though, Keith Mitchell is coming in pretty interesting to me. T thirty four here last year loves Bermuda greens, bomb and gouge type course. Did come off a missed cut, but prior to that playing really good golf. Um, he, he's interesting to me at that seventy eight hundred dollars price range. I'm, I, I'll be on the Sabatini train at seventy seven if it fits out. He used to be an automatic play for me when he's in the six Ks. Maybe not as automatic at this price point, but definitely on the radar at $7,700. i am with you on Michael Thompson at $74. That's a very intriguing price range for a boomer bust type player with a pretty good upside at that price point. Uh, a couple more here. Danny Lee at $7,300 is a guy I like to target a lot, usually on more iron player courses, but maybe it's his iron play that plays so well here. Missed the cut last time out with a T9, t T13. T50 in his previous three, he's got four or six cuts here, including one top ten. That T9, um, you know, coming in in okay form. T made his last three cuts. So Danny Lee's on the radar at 7,300, and a couple other ones. First, I want to get to, well, one. I'm going to look at is a uh, Seamus Power, another bombing out type guy. T27 here last year. He had a T49 at the Players when it played here. Coming off a of T6 his last time out. He's the guy that can can be okay. but He's also 71, so there is that risk built in. Guy, I want to ask you about Jesse? Our boy flat bills at 71. He's not coming in, in great form, but, but what's your thought on him? Perez, yep,
0: man, I hadn't looked at him at all. Um, is he come
1: off an injury or what? That's what we thought, but he's it's like all of a sudden, you know, they said he tore his Achilles, but usually that's like over a, a year long deal. Now he's playing, so like it might not be worth even gambling on. him. I'm just curious because 7,100 bucks, you know, he finished T2 at the, the players here two years ago, didn't play here the year before, but. He's made eight of thirteen cuts at this this golf course.
0: Yeah, he hasn't played in a month and a half. Uh, his last start was the API in uh, March. T fifty. Hmm. I mean, you know, in the in the five dollar GPP, if you got hundred and fifty lineups, you might put him in five. I, I don't. I don't mind that at all. Yeah, i was just curious because nobody will be on him. Nobody exactly. will play
1: him. No one will be on him. The upside is pretty huge if he's good, and you would have to imagine he's not going to come out if he's not. So he literally doesn't give a shit about making another paycheck. He's so he torn good. his,
0: he, they said he tore his Achilles and he's playing. Yeah. He some
1: Achilles injury. and I thought it was a torn oh. Achilles, but there's no freaking way.
0: Yeah. There's the, there's no way he tore it. Maybe he yeah. just had like a strain or something.
1: Yeah. Who knows? Maybe he's, you know, wife just had a baby you want to stay at home and didn't want to sound like, you know, I'm taking maternity leave or something. Who knows? It's, yeah. Pat, it's Pat Perez. You never know with Pat Perez. He could have been shooting chive commercials for all we know. Um, but all right, let's go to the six K range. Jesse, who are you liking down here?
0: Uh let's start at the top here. Hank Lebiota. Um, never played here, which this is kind of a a theme of the guys down in this range. But uh seventeenth at the Texas Open. Um, and I think him and Curtis Luck top five uh last week at the the theme of, fucking thing that engine. was that they had whatever that thing was that we can't for whatever reason we can't have DraftKings for I don't do understand that uh, so it's sixty eight hundred dollars uh, I mean I, but I could see him also being like the most popular play at sixty eight hundred when I say that like ten percent owned um, Brian Harmon so yeah. like his course history he's missed one cut since twenty twelve that was in twenty fifteen um, his form is trash but when I lo- look at some uh, like just course history stats, he he kind of sticks out there. Um, he's having some success around here, so I think he's interesting at sixty eight hundred dollars. Uh, um, boy Josh Teeter at sixty five hundred. He time. made three cuts in a row here from twenty twelve to twenty fourteen. hasn't played here since twenty fourteen. He's coming off a made cut at the Texas Open. Um, so I think he's decently interesting. And then also, like you mentioned earlier, Chip McDaniel. Um. So this kid just Monday qualified, he shot, I think, 65 today. Was he the shot
1: 500 or whatever? Yeah,
0: he shot uh, – yeah, yeah. He won by like two shots in the Monday qualifier. <laughs> um, so, you know, I mean, somehow he was like 4, 5, 6% owned at the Texas Open. He missed the cut, obviously, which was – it was a miscut after the the secondary cut. So he MDF'd or whatever, but – um I hope he's not that popular. I like I'm trying to get tip chip McDaniel at 1% or less. I'm not trying to get a 6% on chip McDaniel. Um, I mean but like I, one thing I've noticed this year, especially thankfully DraftKings changed it because they used to not add in the Monday qualifiers or any late ads or withdrawals or anything after they initially came out with like basically it was set. You know, it's this is the this is what you get, which you, you know, after they initially come out with the pricing, but they've started adding in these Monday qualifiers, which I think is awesome. And one thing about them is obviously these guys go out and play the golf course and then they have to shoot low scores. I mean, if you look at some of these Monday qualifier scores, they are nuts. Like you want to be a professional golfer, go check and see how hard it is to Monday qualify at a golf, uh, at a PJ tour event. Um, let alone like whatever that's going on at the web.com events. I don't even follow that, but so, I've I've noticed that these guys actually end up having a lot of success, especially with you know like Corey Connors a couple of weeks before the Masters or right before the Masters, he Monday qualified and won. So um, they've had some success this year, which is fun to fun to see and watch and shit like that. So that's about all I got down in this range, though.
1: Yeah, I, I like the Chip McDaniel call. I don't mind that at all. Sixty four hundred bucks. Uh, Ryan Harmon, another guy I like. His course history, phenomenal recent form, sucky as you said. So. Uh, very interesting there to see how that plays out. Robert Streb, another course history, that had bad current form, five or six made cuts, including the top 10 here at 6,800. Uh, another local boy to look at, Johnny Wagner. He's made six or 12 cuts, including a T13 last year. He's coming in really GPP type form, miscut, T33, miscut, T2, 57. Like all over the board with Johnny, but so 6,700 bucks. Of course, he knows very, very well. Um, and the last guy I'll mention here, I seem to mention him every week, On the lower owned or the below 7K price tags, I bet you gave you three guesses you could guess him. But um, I'm going Julian Etelan yet again. He's played here one time, T36. He withdrew his last time out, but prior to that, T26, 24, 36, T35. He's always in the 6K range. Very consistent guy. He kind of – he'll give you hope a little bit because he'll make some runs. But more often than not, he makes the cut. He doesn't kill your team. He helps it at his price point at 6,600 bucks. Echelon will be on my radar.
0: Let me throw one more at you, Peter Malnati. Did you see his walkout song this past week?
1: I didn't see anything from this past week. What
0: came did he come on, out to? I forgot who he was playing with. They, but they came out to If You're Happy and You Know It. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not going to comment on that. Yeah, it's time uh, to. It's somebody. I read somebody's tweet. It was time. It's time to end the. Walk out songs after these guys come out to that that song. But he's interesting to me. Thirty-fourth year last year, and then he's coming in pretty good form, uh sixteenth, twenty-third, sixtieth in his last three starts. So sixty seven hundred dollars and he nobody will be on him. Yep. It's not
1: a bad call at all. Well, let's recap real quick here. Ten K and above. Give me one guy. If you had to pay one guy, 10K and above. Uh Rory. Yeah. It's since you're going Rory, I'll go Justin Rose. Uh because I probably won't make it to eleven eight based on the lower guys I just don't like. So give me Justin Rose at ten three. Uh give me one guy in the nine ks
0: And I'm feeling Phil this week. I think I might play quite a bit yeah. of Phil.
1: The more I looked at getting ready for this, Phil Mickelson had my attention. Since you gave Phil, I'll give Paul Casey.
0: Did you see him. Phil's have you seen Phil's cav, cav videos? Which ones? I saw the one. Well ones. he just came out, he's came out with parts two, three, and four on how to get the Cavs. Three, out. four, three, four, and five, excuse me. Three, four, he's and five.
1: For a guy that people hated, if you don't appreciate Phil Mickelson now, you should just give up. Like he, he's doing social media, how social media is meant to be done. He's you gotta pitcher.
0: go watch it because he fucking he, he, I'll check he, it out. He rips on Bubba Watson. Oh beautiful. Beautiful. It's, it's good. Fan. Like Big he fan. does a good job with it.
1: Lefty on lefty crime. Um, give me two guys in the eight K range. Cookrack and Glover. I'm gonna go Patty Reed and CH three. Good luck. Yep. We're rolling the dice, boys and girls. I'm going to have an early weekend. Uh, Give me two guys in the 7Ks.
0: So two guys I didn't mention before. I'm just going to go ahead and mention them now. Strillman and Berger, um, looking at some course history stuff. They've had some success around here. Strillman, not so much, but recently. But he's playing better recently. And then Berger is on the comeback train, man. Jump on Berger now, I think, because – He's not going to be in the seven thousands. I don't think for very long. Coming off an injury, and he's starting to play better.
1: Yeah, I could see that for sure. He
0: just puts a full four days together. Like he played, he started really well at the Heritage, and then kind of fell off there on the weekend. Um, but he's coming back, man. And, and at seventy seven hundred dollars, you get a guy with pretty high upside. He's
1: I like, he used to be like a nine ten k guy at times. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's a he's a proven winner on the PGA Tour, so.
1: Not a bad call there. I like that. I'll go JV Holmes and Seamus Power. Let's mix up some Seamus Power, 71. So it'll be a two in the 7K range I'll be targeting. Who's your one punt if you have to punt?
0: Um, It's going to be, you know, Lebiota would be the – but like I said, I think he's going to be higher on. So if you're looking for a lower on God, I'm, I'm telling you, like the looking at these Monday qualifiers, Chip in particular, 6,400 –
1: yeah, if Chip's low-owned, I, I don't mind jumping on that at all. If not, I'll be looking at Etulian, Julian Etulian.
0: I couldn't believe how how owned he was at the Texas Open. It blew my mind. I mean, is it because he came off the top five in, at the, in Corrales? It's yeah, yeah. Right? it
1: might have been that, but it seemed like, you know, you listen to Mayo, and, and that's about all I listen to
0: nowadays. But it seemed like – I know he mentioned him, and I think Wiley mentioned him
1: too. Yeah, so I'm guessing yeah. it went elsewhere. Everyone was trying to be the first to mention the new guy. It's like – what was it a few weeks earlier? That kid that played that everyone wanted to be on, and uh, he played pretty well. I can't remember what his name is now. I'm blanking on it. But kid out of uh, college,
0: Oklahoma and, State. Yeah, everybody, yeah.
1: Won, everybody wanted him. Name, yeah. Wolf. Matt, Matt Wolf. It's Matt Wolf. It seemed like everybody couldn't do a podcast unless they talked about him at least twelve times. So,
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, to be par for the course. And when people do that, the chalkiness happens.
0: That's true. That's true.
1: Um, all right, give me three GPP targets this week, Jesse.
0: Uh. So, for for a for a guaranteed prize pool, for those who don't know what a GPP stands for, that's what it stands for. Um, we even give you some knowledge on the always pressing PGA Tour. So I'm just stalling now. Um, I, I I think Dahman is one, Berger's another. So like those are two guys in the seven K range, and then um, Glover. Okay, I like
1: that for sure. Definitely volatile GPP play for me. Casey Reed in Vegas, I think that'll be interesting for me. Casey might not be as GPP, but I'm thinking more ownership wise. What I'll get on that one. Uh, give me three cash game plays.
0: Cash is tough this week. Just looking over this pricing, like it's very sharp. Um, I think Sabatini is borderline cash at seventy uh, seven hundred. Excuse me, if you're looking for some super salary savings, Lebiota at sixty eight hundred. Um, would potentially be another one. And then if I'm looking, you know, more towards the top, it's hard not to play female and cash. I mean it's gonna be popular anyway, so why not just eat it there and
1: Yeah, I don't hate that. I'm looking at Phil Woodland and JB Holmes would be kind of the three I'd start out with and see where it takes me from there.
0: I feel like I've I man, the one thing I haven't played a whole lot of cash and then whenever I do, like I'm not successful at it, so I still steer steer away from it. But like you know, I feel like this is the week where five of six is going to be Easy it's money. Very good chance. Cash.
1: The way the pricing is, for sure. I could definitely yeah, this see that. Really,
0: this is sharp pricing. Like, There's no obvious values. In it's my gonna be,
1: it'll be hard to get to the five figures and get a, a team that feels comfortable down below. This is yeah. very difficult. Because usually, at least you have low 7K guys you can feel pretty good about. You really don't have those this week. So, yeah.
0: So balanced is probably going to be very popular. popular. So, if you go more stars than scrubsy, you might differentiate yourself a little bit there, too. Most
1: definitely. All right, Jesse, pick to win time. Give me a long shot as well.
0: Uh, If I just start out with my long shot, Jason Kokrak. 40 to 1.
1: I'm telling you, one
0: one day we're going to hit it it. big. Uh, And then, so other than Kokrak, man, I mean, it's hard not to see. Like, I could maybe potentially stomach some fee now. What is his price? 20 to 1. Not bad yeah. price. Eh, it's not terrible. Um, you know, obviously, what's Rory five, six, seven, Maybe six and a half? Yeah, I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting there. Um, I like some Gary Woodland at thirty three, and then JB Holmes is eighty to one, and that just has my attention for some reason. I, don't, I I'm not happy with my my infatuation with JB Holmes right now.
0: Well, yeah, I mean. You know he is like, he could win. He's he's won this year. He's won this golf tournament before. So eighty to one. I mean, he's just like he's so fucking sketchy, and I don't understand it. But any man that
1: plays golf in a black glove like that, you got to be concerned. Last time guys hung around in black gloves too long, they were in court for a long, long time driving fucking Broncos. So be careful.
0: Yeah, that was a long wrap around. And, there, hey, and there's your O.J. Simpson reference. Yes, Pop Culture yeah. too on the always-pressing feed. This is what It's when he give us a week off from golf.
1: Give us a week off. It just fills up with everything you can think of. Let's bring it full
0: circle around here. But
1: uh, that wraps us up, Jesse. Any final thoughts before I really go off the rails?
0: I uh, don't Dude, do. We should probably end this now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, all right, everybody. Hope you guys have a great week. Green screens plenty. Go check out Jesse on Twitter, at DFSGolfGods. I'm Matt BDentrick. Join us in the Degen's Slack chat. Just ask one of us for an invite or DM the at FantasyDegens Twitter handle, and we'll get you in there free of charge. Nothing to worry about there. But uh, good luck this week. And uh, yeah, let's get at it. This is the 2019 Wells Fargo Championship preview on the Always Pressing PGA DFS podcast. Catch you guys later.